0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and praise as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. And I am in studio today. Um, kind of a, a, a return, you could say, maybe part two from last week. If, if you didn't listen to last week, we encourage you to go on to shoutsofgraceradio.com and you can listen to the first um, episode with Pastor Robert Marshall, who is in studio again today with me. How are you, brother? Doing well. Good, good. Um today I want to I want to kind of continue somewhat our conversation in that it's kind of a reflection on on one of the same characters that we talked about last week with Jonathan. Um, but before we get to that, I want to say welcome to all the first-time listeners here, um, and to let you know that if you are joining us for the first time, then we encourage you to go to our website, ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, and you can listen to and catch up on a number of episodes from the past. We're almost at our five-year mark and approaching our, our 200th episode pretty soon. And so um, we encourage you to, to be a part of the ministry and, and go and see— um a a number of topics that we've covered over the years um we just sometimes open up the bible and just unpack scripture and different stories and so anyway um that's there for your uh, listening pleasure and if you are a return listener um as always we want to say thank you for your uh, support and your continued listening and to also let you know that um we are extremely thankful and grateful to key radio uh, for the use of their studios here in provo utah um, also, to let you know that Shouts of Grace Radio is a ministry of Redemption Hill Church. Um, in, you know, I was going to say Saratoga Springs, but we recently moved and got our own <laughs> building. So it's Eagle Mountain. It's kind of right on the border. If, if you kick your shoe off you can actually throw it across the street and it'll end up in saratoga springs and so um but anyway you can go to rhutah.church and get more information if you are looking for uh, a home church in northern utah county we would love to meet you or maybe you're just a listener weekly on the broadcast and you're like i want to take it to the next step and put a put an ugly face to the voice um, <laughs> you can you can certainly swing by the church and and we'd love to meet you there so anyway today um as i mentioned i'm in studio with robert marshall he's um, a good friend of mine, I, I consider a mentor, one of the elders at Redemption Hill. Um, and today, Robert, what I want to do is I want to talk about relationships. You know, we're built for them. Um, but I, what I want to do is kind of key in on a verse in First Samuel eighteen one, And I kind of want to talk about that and then spread out and see where God kind of takes it. But um, last week we talked about this person, Jonathan, and just the type of the type of spirit that the guy had, right? He's just kind of, he, he's not a guy who likes to sit around and do nothing when nope. God could be doing everything. Right. And so he's just like, we're out of here. And he goes and leaves the camp and, and he goes and ends up doing it. And many people are inspired by it. Um, and so anyway, um, today in First Samuel 18, 1, I want to just kind of read that. It says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, um, it says the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That that sounds like, like you know, in a, like soulmates. You know, yeah. like talk about you know what what this is saying, and then let's kind of transition into the need for this type of fellowship and relationship as believers.
2: Well, it's it's a it's a beautiful picture of Jesus said, I'm going to send you out two by two and what a blessing to be sent out with someone that you are just knit with. One of my mentors, Doug white many years ago said that, um, the next, the next expression, the next revelation of God's work is going to be in the Duck, Jonathan David relationship where he knits the heart of two people together to do the work of God together and how much more effective we are when we are w- walking with someone.
1: Hmm. Hmm, that's good. Um, it, it says, it says there in first Samuel 18 too, it says uh, Saul took him a uh, David that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. Talk about what that's saying.
2: Well, you know what's interesting? The next header, uh, the words in bold there, that's called a pericope, uh, says Saul's jealousy of David. You have absolutely no jealousy on Jonathan's part. Jonathan knows that David is going to sit on the throne that lineally, ancestrally, should be his. But Jonathan is so committed to the good of the kingdom. And that's what I love about this. He's so committed to the good of the kingdom, what's best for the kingdom, that he's willing to say, I'll I'll, I'll take the back seat. Here, you take my robe, gave it to my armor, my sword, and my bow, and my everything that represents and symbolizes authority, power, strength, leadership. Here, you. he gave it to Jonathan. Here, you take it. And mm. I, I would rather you have it and the kingdom prosper than me have it. I'll get the throne. I'll get the credit. You see the result of it Saul was jealous of David, da- Jonathan was not. And I just I think that's a beautiful picture of two people who are so committed to the kingdom that they will commit to one another for the sake of something greater than themselves.
1: Man, that's that's good. It's almost as if, you know, like you were saying, it's as if Jonathan re- Jonathan was in line for the throne. Yeah. And it's <clears> almost <throat> as if Jonathan is saying, look, I'm though I'm in line and I have mm-hmm. rightful place to it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm surrendering that to yeah. you. One, once again, I mean, David is just a beautiful picture of Christ throughout. Yeah. You know, throughout first and second, throughout first Samuel. Um, and, and here you have another picture of here's somebody who's has the right to rule. Yeah, but he's laying down his right and surrendering it to yeah. somebody else. Talk talk about what that means as far as you know, our relationship with Christ, the sinner's relationship with Christ. Well,
2: boy, he said, he said, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And there are a lot of people who are willing to say, oh, I want him as my savior, but I don't want him as my Lord. Lordship comes first. He said, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he's in charge, that I recognize he's the one, he's the only one who has rightful privilege to the throne of my life. If you'll confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, we all want to be saved, but salvation comes after lordship, salvation comes after confession, salvation comes after belief in his resurrection, then you'll be saved. Hmm. And until we get to the place where we recognize God, my father, the flesh has ruined this thing. My father, Saul, the flesh has ruined. I have right, I have rightful access to the throne, but my father has ruined this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I am going to give this over to the one who God has obviously established as the better ruler, the better king, the rightful ruler yeah. of my life. I confess him as Lord. Amen. I, I, I almost feel like there's
1: there's a sermon in verse four. Um, Jonathan comes before David and he strips himself yep. of the robe, yep. right? The robe mm-hmm. is the royalty. Yeah. It's it's when you walk in the room and you had the robe, then, you know, it, it was the robe, the purple robe that they put on Christ, right? Yeah. It spoke of your status and your position. Yep. He stripped himself of it. Talk yeah. about the need for that, you know, as far as practical, practical application. Strip yourself
2: of and this. I, and how many are fighting for the high chairs, the, the prominent chairs at the table? How many are fighting for recognition, and I have to be in that pulpit? My word, the people I'm hearing these days who are just angry because they're not given pulpit time, dear God, really? Is that what we have come to, that I have to have recognition? I have to stand in the pulpit, and he is divesting himself of everything that he has privilege by right of birth to. He's divesting himself of it because of the greater good of the kingdom. Mm. He recognizes, no, David's the one who needs to be in charge and our confession no jesus is the one he is the rightful ruler i give him access to all of the royalty and permission in my life that i that the rest of the world says i have full access to no i give that to jesus
1: yeah scripture says of jesus he made himself of no reputation scripture says of him he took upon himself Mm -hmm. he made himself of no Mm -hmm. reputation he took upon himself Mm -hmm. it's it's something that is done intentionally and, and you almost see this here kind of in that same spirit, Jonathan stripped himself yeah. of the robe, but also his armor, yeah. the things that protected Protection. him, mm-hmm. right? Talk about the need to come to Christ and to have such a trust that you need mm. to strip yourself of your armor.
2: You know, he said, and when he was reviled, he reviled not again, but entrusted himself to the one who could protect him. Man, how fast, how fast is the flesh? To protect itself, to demand to be heard, to t- to put someone in their place, I, and and uh, it's it's easy to say no. Someone needs to protect me. If if we have not, if we are not working for someone who is able to protect, then frankly, we're in the wrong business. If he is not able to protect us when we stand up for him, hmm. then we're in the wrong business. Hmm. Which he, leads to the next thing. <laughs> he says um, he even he takes off
1: his yep. sword and his bow, and yep. those are fighting instruments why is it essential when people come to the 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 son of david right why is it essential that they strip themselves of Hmm. their sword and
2: their bow Hmm. because he's the one he is the only one qualified he's the only one who knows their heart and how easy it is to say this this is what they were thinking i I don't know what i'm thinking i don't even know what i'm thinking paul (laughs) said first corinthians 4 i'm pretty sure it is i I, I don't even judge my my conscience is clear that does not make me innocent he's i don't even i don't even know if i'm clear myself i am entrusting this to someone else and how easy is it to say cuss at that person on the on the road well they're just a bunch of dingbats, morons and other words that we can say that we're not supposed to say on key radio but um uh they're they're a bunch of morons when in reality what happened what happened if They just made a mistake that we'll make one mile down the road. We made one mile previous road. We don't Hmm. want anybody calling us morons, but no, they are more. No, we, we give that offensive weapon to Jesus because he is the only one who knows not only the actions we can see their actions easily enough. He knows their motives. Hmm. He knows what's going on in their heart and he is able to deal with that appropriately, rightly Hmm. when we hand it to him.
1: Hmm. Before we take a break, I just want to I just want to summarize that for our listeners. Please hear this. You know, if if you're going to follow Jesus, it's something that you do of your own free will. And there's things that he's saying here, you know, that Jonathan did in recognition of the rightful place of David Mm and that is he stripped himself of his status mm-hmm. he stripped himself and took off his armor the things he guarded himself with right to protect himself and he even took off the sword which talks about fighting back right mm-hmm. he just completely derobed himself to the true king and and we would we would say man if you haven't done that yet if you haven't stripped yourself of your status before the king uh, before Jesus man Strip yourself of your status because he's the king of kings and lord of lords. You're going to bow to him at some point in this life or the next. And, and if you think you're protecting yourself, you've got these shields up and because you're going to get hurt. As Pastor Robert said, he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. He, he deals with you as, as a physician, you know, somebody who doesn't just break you open but surgically you know, fixes you and puts you back together. Um, you can trust him, and then you don't need to fight him. You know, scripture says, woe to the man who wars or quarrels against his maker. Like, like put your sword down, right? Put your sword down before the true king. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace radio. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shots of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast.
1: Welcome back to the program. Um, I'm in studio today with Pastor Robert Marshall, and uh, Robert, before the break, we just kind of we kind of just unpacked one verse really, um, and just talk talking about this relationship between uh Jonathan and David. And of course we know David is a picture of Christ, mm-hmm. right? In, in in the old testament. And and we've got this picture of Jonathan who who's this man of faith who just simply relinquishes everything before the king, before mm-hmm. the king to be, right? And um and so anyway, what I want to do is kind of circle back now and talk about a little bit more in depth practically of what we started off with, and that's just this idea. That um, that David, um, it's it's interesting that that the father Saul, in essence, he adopts David, mm-hmm. right, and, and right. brings him into his house, and then David and Jonathan just kind of hit, hit off, and they have this amazing fellowship and relationship. So much so that later on. When David's life is perhaps in danger, and Jonathan has a choice to make as to whether he sides with his natural blood or mm-hmm. he sides with David to save David's life, he chooses David, and he actually makes a decision, and, and that enrages his father. But you you see this sense that Jonathan was closer to David than his real blood. Right. and And when we talk about fellowship in the church, right— isn't it often the same way? Oh, man. You know, talk talk, talk about the bond that we have that sometimes is even greater than our own blood.
2: Yeah. I am so much closer to people in the kingdom than I am people that I'm blood-related to. Wow. And I'm okay with that. We ask people regularly. They say, well, I can't get along with this this relative. Okay, they're no longer a relative. They're just somebody living across the road. Would you have that person over to have tea? Well, no, I wouldn't at all. I mean, then why? By the accident of birth. Do you think that you have to get along with that person? We're going to be kind, we're going to be gracious, we're called to do that with everybody, but we don't have to spend time with relatives that are pulling us away from the things that are important to us, the kingdom and other things that are of significance. No, the, the, the greater relationship is whatever relationship is going to advance the kingdom in my life and in the lives of those people around us. If it can be family, that's a wonderful thing. If not, the kingdom is what's most important. Hmm.
1: And doesn't doesn't Jesus allude to this? I think in the New Testament when he talks about, um, you know, a man's enemies are yep. going to come from his own house. Yeah. What does that mean? Because a lot of times people, when he says, you know, think not that I've come to send peace, but I've come to send a sword. Right. And then he goes on to talk about relationships that are going to be divided and enemies that are going to be had. What, what is he saying there? Because it's almost similar to what's being talked about here.
2: How easy is it for you to remember the things that your siblings did, that your parents did, that your cousins did when you were 10, 12, 15 years old and still deal with them in terms of that? Hmm. I, I'm not the same person I was when I was 15, mercifully. And yet I'm still going to judge them for how they acted when they were 15 that that's not that's not reasonable that's not fair to the situation and that's what happens so many times in families that disqualify us from being able to openly freely without reserve work for the sake of the kingdom with people that I grew up with yeah yeah you know
1: i, I i'm not naive to where we live and i and i know that in this culture oftentimes you know when people make a decision for the lord they kind of find themselves at greatest odds with the people yeah. that are in their own home. Yeah. And, and Jesus said something in that discourse where he said, you know, um, when I send a sword, I'm going to come. And, and he deals with the most intimate relationships. And he says, I'm going to separate these. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's not saying that, you know, the, the kingdom of God comes to primarily send war amongst. Com- right. What he's saying is when you make a decision to follow me, right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hit your wagon to mine, your enemies are going to arise from the places that you thought were the closest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you find then is that a relationship with Jesus exposes the fraudulent relationships right. that weren't based on anything other than a shallow spoonful of water, right? Yeah. And when, when I come to fellowship with a Christian, there is such a deep bond right. that we have immediately that I don't have with many of my people in my real family, right? Right. Um, so, so then if that's the case, you know, we live in a day and age where people will say, well, why do I got to go to church? You know I mean? What, you know, Hey, I, I'm, you know, I can sit it, I can watch it online. I can Mm -hmm. see it. And, and that is the, the prevailing culture right now is Mm -hmm. let's watch it online. Why is that dangerous? Is it dangerous? Maybe it's not. I don't know what, what part of, of what's happening with Jonathan and David, what part of that would you say is essential for a Christian in their life?
2: as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another cannot be done over the internet Hmm. it has to be done in in proximity it has to be done in relationship it has to be done in being able to watch someone else live their life out and address the things that are genuinely truly going on and okay we've got to go to church well what's the definition of church jesus said anytime two or more get together in my name there i am in the midst of them there's church anytime two or more get together." I have church every time I sit down with you or sit down with another brother across a table at some coffee shop, and we, we we discuss the kingdom. However, when we go to the building, what are we going there for? We're going there for the express purpose. This is the reason I go to church. The reason I've gone to church since 1988 is to find someone who I can call, who I can contact that next week, take them out, buy them a cold drink, and ask them, how are you doing? What can I do for you? The purpose of the greater assembly, we have the enjoyment, the blessing of worship. We have the joy and the blessing of the presence of, of Jesus. We're two or more, but we also have the responsibility to bring something that we have found this past week to the lives of other people. We're going to be getting with people anyway. Why not do it intentionally? But any time we get together with two or more in, for the, around the purposes of the kingdom, we have had church. Now let's do it on purpose. And whether that's with two people at a coffee shop or with all of us at a at a building, let's do it on purpose.
1: Yeah. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of Acts two forty two. They devoted themselves yep. to the apostles' teachings, yep. to the breaking of bread, the prayers, and the fellowship. Yeah. Right. And and then it goes on. It says, In all of these, awe came upon every soul and wonders and signs were done and all who believe were together and had all things in common mm-hmm. and and i look at the part where awe comes on on every soul when when you sit before god's word and god speaks to you there's an awe yes. that can come from that right when you're definitely in prayer and you're praying and maybe you're even journaling your prayer and that prayer comes to pass mm-hmm. you're just like there's an awe that happens to you you when when you're breaking bread Um, and you're in fellowship, you're listening to other people and how God is moving in their life. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, God's not just in me and working in me. Wow, he's doing this in everyone. There's an awe that happens. And Pastor Robert, what I've seen happen today, it's very unfortunate, is that people have forgotten the importance of, that we play in one another's lives. It's like the one another statements are out the window yeah. and we just sit back and we think that church is just me, you know, having some background music, like a sermon mm-hmm. in the background while I do my chores and stuff. And we fail to realize that intimacy is built with yes, God, but with one another. Yep. And so, you know, in, in the last, you know, couple minutes we have talk about the need for for us to be in each other's lives. We, we cannot live the Christian experience in its fullness unless others are a part of it. Why is that so essential?
2: Ephesians talks about the necessity of community in the working out of the kingdom in each of our lives, transforming us into the image of Christ. What I like about the passage you just talked about in Acts 2.42 is it says the Apostles Doctrine. The second thing that it lists you know, we're going to say prayer, we're going to say worship, we're going to say giving, we're going to say whatever it is. The second thing it lists is fellowship. Mm. And then came the breaking of bread that's and right. last was the prayers. That's the fourth thing that's listed. The second thing that's listed there, the apostles doctrine is to look at somebody. Now, what does that mean to you? Mm. What are you thinking about? Here's something that I got out of that this past week. What did you get out of that? Mm. To be able to share with somebody. And that's how we knock iron against iron. And there are, there are times when there will be sparks. One of our that's sons, it makes knives and there are a lot of sparks in the process Mm. of forging a knife but that's what happens in the process of relationship and we cannot have the ongoing work of Christ in our life without that it's it's the apostles doctrine and then fellowship and then breaking bread whether that's Lord's Supper or eating meals together it could be both and prayers it is a a relationship with one another we cannot speak the truth in love if we don't know what the truth is for that person's life. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, we are at a time for, for this edition of shouts of grace and just a word of encouragement to those of you that are listening, that maybe you've distanced yourself from church because you know, you, you've seen bad examples, right? Um, I would encourage you, you know, I've walked with Jesus 29 years and, and I've seen the worst examples in others and myself. And, um, I would say this, you know, Jesus is the best example. And so if you distance yourself from fellowship because of the people that claim to represent Christ, why don't you move them out of the way and just focus on the one who is who he says he is. Come back to fellowship mm-hmm. and and just understand Jesus never disappoints you. He'll never he'll never leave you. He'll never discredit you. Um, he's for you. And so don't don't allow the bad example of the church mm-hmm. is something that keeps you away from the King. Um, that would that would be that would be um, you know an unfortunate thing. So hey, God bless you, and we will see you next time here on Shouts of Grace.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.